Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Today, as we wrap up our series on spiritual warfare, we're going to look at six very practical ways to keep Satan on the run in your life. You know, James 4 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we do that? That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, six ways to keep Satan on the run in your life. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. The Bible teaches that there is more to this world than meets the eye. In fact, there's an invisible spiritual battle taking place at this very moment. But gratefully, God has not left Christians defenseless. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares six very practical ways to put on God's divine defense every day. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. Well, for the entire month of August, we've been talking about God's provision for our personal protection. I've titled this series, The Divine Defense, and today is the very last day. With that in mind, please be sure to get in touch with us right away to request your copy of my best-selling book, also called The Divine Defense. Christians cannot afford to walk into battle unprotected. The enemy wants nothing more than to take you out. My book equips you with the biblical armor to protect you. Again, it's called The Divine Defense, Six Simple Strategies for Winning Your Biggest Battles. And I'm prepared to send you a copy when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. In addition, you'll also receive the exclusive brochure we prepared for you entitled Equipped for Battle. You can tuck this multi-folded pamphlet into the pages of my book or perhaps in the back of your Bible as a constant reminder about each piece of armor God carefully crafted for your protection. While there's still time, please be sure to request your copy of The Divine Defense and the brochure by going to ptv.org. Later on, we'll give our mailing address and our phone number as well. But right now, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. Knowledge by itself accomplishes very little. And so, in this final message of the series, I want to speak to you about using your divine defense. The most foundational thing you and I can do to make sure that our lives are free from Satan's very real influence is to receive Christ as your Savior. That is the most important thing you and I can do to defeat Satan's plan to destroy us. Receive Christ as your Savior. Now, becoming a Christian, listen to this, becoming a Christian doesn't prevent Satan's influence in your life, but it does prevent Satan's possession of your life. The fact is, if you are a Christian Satan can influence your life. What part of your life is not under God's control is open to being under Satan's control. And his influence in your life is determined by how much of your life you are unwilling to turn over to God. Any part of your life, whether it's your marriage, your friendships, your relationships, your career, your money, any part of your life that is not under God's control is not under your control. You may think it is. It's under Satan's control. He owns whatever you have not given over to God. So he can influence you. 
but he can never possess you. He can never call the shots in your life if you're a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, you are possessed, owned by God. That's what Ephesians 1 verses 13 and 14 says. Look at this. In him, talking about Christ, you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit seals you. And that that seal of the Holy Spirit of God is for two purposes. One, it's a mark of ownership. It means you are owned by God. And as I've said before, God doesn't share his possessions with anybody, okay? You are owned by God, therefore you cannot be owned by Satan. What I'm saying to you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, is the single most important decision you can make that will drive a stake through Satan's plan to destroy you is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's a second way to um, lessen Satan's influence in your life, to keep him on the run, to resist him, and that is to refuse to participate in any occult activities. If you're a Christian, especially, refuse to participate in any occult activities. The word occult means secret or hidden. And when we talk about occult activities, what we're talking about is an attempt to experience the supernatural apart from God. An occult activity is an attempt to have a supernatural experience apart from God. And uh, the Bible warns specifically against three specific kinds of occult practices that no Christian should ever be involved in. Three ways that we should never try to harness Satan's supernatural power apart from God. The first occult practice is divinations. Write it down, divinations. What is a divination? It is an attempt to ascertain the future apart from God. It's trying to know the future apart from God. Mark down Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 11. Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 to 11. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. There are very real powers in the world today apart from God's power. And if we're going to avoid Satan's influence in our life, we're to resist them. We're to stay away from divinations. Secondly, we are to stay away from magic. Magic is another occult practice. What is magic? It's not pulling the rabbit out of a hat or doing card tricks, okay? That's not what we're talking about when we talk about magic. Real magic in the Bible is harnessing Satan's power in order to have a supernatural experience. It is the harnessing of Satan's power in order to produce a supernatural result. Satan has the ability to produce miraculous events in order to deceive people. Thirdly, the Bible says in occult activity we're to uh, uh, avoid is spiritism. Spiritism is the attempt to contact the spirits of the deceased in order to receive comfort or knowledge. Does Satan have the ability to do that? 
Look at Leviticus chapter 20, verses 6 to 7. As for the person who turns to mediums and to spiritists to play the harlot after them, I will cut him off from among his people. You shall consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. God says stay away from spiritism. Why? Because it is a very real power. Uh, Satan does have the power in order to use the spirits of the unsaved in order to delude people. What I'm saying to you is our mind is a battlefield on which Satan wages his war against us. And that's why Satan will do anything he can to seize control of your thoughts. And one way he can do this is through occult practices, whether it's through divinations, whether it's through magic, whether it is spiritism. Don't ever try to communicate with the dead. Don't try to perform magic. Don't be deceived by miracles apart from God. They are always that Satan influences our lives. Number three, how do you keep Satan on the run in your life? Closely related to this is renounce Satan and his kingdom. Renounce Satan and his kingdom. Now, when I talk about, and this is going to sound strange to some of you, when I talk about renouncing Satan and his demons, I'm not talking about trying to remove demons and Satan from other people or even from yourself. What I'm talking about is removing yourself from Satan and his demons by denouncing, by rejecting any previous agreements you may have made with Satan and his demons. And there are some Christians, some non-Christians, who have actually gone to Satan and asked for help when they felt like God was not helpful. Say, well... Where do you find this in the Bible? Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 28. This is fascinating. That's exactly why Saul went to the witch at Endor. Because he was disappointed. He was disillusioned with God. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 3. This is what is ironic. 1 Samuel 28, verse 3 said, Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. That is, he knew God's command was to have nothing to do with trying to contact the dead. So Saul removed from the land those who practiced these occult practices. Now look at verse 6 of 1 Samuel 28. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by the Urim or by the prophets. Saul went to God. He was upset about the Philistines' impending uh, uh, invasion, and he went to God. He needed some answers from God, and when he went to God and asked for some information, God did not answer him. And so when God didn't answer him, then he goes to the witch at Endor and says, I need some answers. Contact the prophet Samuel for me. Do you see that? Disappointed, disillusioned with God, he sought miracles from another source. There may be some of you listening to this message. I realize it may not be many, but some of you somewhere in the past, you made some kind of agreement, some type of bargain with Satan. Listen to the words of 1 Samuel 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft or divination. Rebellion is the same thing as witchcraft, divinations. That is, when you seek power apart from God, that is the ultimate sign of rebellion. That's saying, God, I don't trust your plan for my life. I'm going to seek power from another source. Witchcraft is the sin of rebellion. 
But it also works the other way. Rebellion in God's eyes is the same thing as witchcraft. Whenever you refuse to submit your life to God or to those whom God has placed in authority over you, to rebel against God or God-ordained authority is the very same thing as witchcraft, seeking authority from someone other than God. Renounce Satan and his kingdom. Number four, resist Satan's attempts to influence your life. Resist his attempts to influence your life. I've got some good news and some bad news for you today. Which do you want to hear first? Let's start with the bad news. The bad news is Satan is a formidable opponent and he's ready to destroy you. He's not going to rest until he does. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God has given you everything you need to defeat Satan's plan for your life. And that's why Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, uh, stand firm, take up the full armor of God that you might be able to resist in the evil days and having done everything to stand firm. You hear that? Take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist the devil. The Bible says God has given you all the armor you need to resist the devil. Now, In these final moments, let's remember what those pieces of armor are. Remember, they're really strategies, okay? You may not get excited about armor. This armor is simply a strategy in order to resist Satan. Remember what those pieces of armor are? First of all, he talks about the belt of truth. And write this down, okay? Write these down. Here are the strategies. The belt of truth. That simply means recognizing destructive thoughts and replacing them with God's thoughts. Replace destructive thoughts with God's thoughts. Uh, Satan's plan to destroy your life is real simple. He either wants to discourage you from worshiping God, he wants to distract you from serving God, or he wants to deceive you into disobeying God. That's usually how he works. Discourage, distract, deceive. And when those temptations come into your life, the best thing you can do is confront those destructive thoughts with God's truth. Do you have a plan right now to saturate your mind with Scripture? What about redeeming some of those spare moments in your life when you're driving, when you're exercising, by listening to the Word of God, either through messages, through Scripture, through music? fact is we need to saturate our mind with Scripture. Secondly, he talks about the breastplate of righteousness. That means obedience. The breastplate of righteousness, the strategy is simply this. Do what you know you should do. I mean, what's one thing in your life you know God wants you to start doing that you're not doing? What's one thing you know God wants you to stop doing that you're now doing? See, that's what it means to put up the breastplate of righteousness. When you start obeying God in those things he's already revealed to you, that obedience protects you from the real and spiritual consequences of sin in your life. The breastplate of righteousness. And then he talks about, thirdly, spiritual boots. Make sure you have the right spiritual boots on. That is, make God's business your business. When you have God's purpose in life as your purpose in life, to reach as many people for Christ as possible while you're still here on earth, when you adopt God's purpose as your purpose, has a way of giving stability to your life. That is the right spiritual boots. And then he talks about taking up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. That strategy is to move forward in spite of your doubts. What is faith? It's believing what God has said and acting accordingly. 
Believing what God has said and moving forward, acting accordingly. Is there some area of your life that you're having difficulty obeying God because you just aren't sure it's going to pay off to do so? You know what you're supposed to do. God's made that very clear, but you're having trouble moving forward in that act of obedience. Maybe a relationship that needs to be ended. Maybe a gift that needs to be given. Maybe an addiction that needs to be abandoned. You know what you're supposed to do, but you're having trouble doing it because you're not sure it's really going to pay off to do so. Faith means moving forward, obeying God, knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently follow after him. And then we talked about the helmet of salvation. That is, remember your power to win. Remember that you've been saved. You know, when Christ saved you, he saved you not only from the penalty of sin, but he also has saved you from the power of sin. Remember continually, when you're in the heat of temptation, you don't have to give in. I said one practical way to apply the helmet of salvation is to memorize Romans 6, verses 11 to 13. That passage that reminds us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in our hearts to give us power over Satan's influence in our life. And then the final piece of armor is the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, that is the Word of God. And that strategy is simply this. Strengthen your resolve to resist. Strengthen your resolve to resist. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was under heavy fire from the enemy, being tempted. How did he say no to Satan? By recalling specific scripture that dealt with the specific temptation Jesus was uh, encountering. He didn't just quote any verse of the Bible. He quoted the verse of the Bible that specifically related to that temptation. And he quoted scripture, not for Satan's benefit. He did it for his own benefit to strengthen his resolve to say no to the evil one. Remember, you say, well, I, 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 I just cannot memorize anything. Scripture memory doesn't work for me. If I told you, here are 60 verses, that if you memorize them, I'll give you a million dollars. How many of you think you can memorize 60 verses? Okay. See what I mean? It's not really an issue of of ability. It's an issue of motivation. The fact is, sometimes when you're in the midst of temptation, being able to recall the right scripture and being able to say no to that temptation is worth more than a million dollars. Because to give in is going to cost you a lot more. may cost you your family. may cost you your reputation. may cost you your eternity. Now, you have God's word hidden in your heart so that you won't sin against him. Let me give you a real practical way to do this, okay? You've got your pens. I want you to go on to Amazon.com. And I want to encourage you to order uh, a little tool put out, put out by the navigators. It's called the Navigator Topical Memory System, okay? And it's cost about 11 bucks, I think. And if you'll get this topical memory system, it has 60 verses on them. You can memorize one a week or one a day, whatever you want to do. Put them in a little card pack, and they speak to every issue in life. And if you'll commit those verses to memory, it will be a powerful defense against the evil one. Strengthen your resolve to resist. Principle number five, rely on prayer. Some people say, well, why didn't you talk more about prayer in this series? Isn't that important in spiritual warfare? Well, yes, it is. But let me illustrate it this way. Let's say that uh, I were writing a book on how to dress for success. Do you think chapter one would be remember to breathe? 
Probably not. I mean, breathing's important. You've got to make sure you're breathing or you won't be able to put on your clothes or do anything else. But breathing, although essential, is also assumed, okay? We assume you're going to breathe. Now, here's the point. Praying is to our spiritual life what breathing is to our physical life. Prayer is the spiritual oxygen that gives us energy. And I think the reason Paul didn't include prayer as a part of these six pieces of armor is it is assumed that we're going to pray. Look at verse 18 of Ephesians 6. He kind of wraps it all up by saying, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. How often should we pray? He says, pray at all times. It's like asking how often should we breathe? We're to breathe at all times. We ought to pray at all times. Number six, how do you keep Satan on the run in your life? Sixth and finally, remember that victory is possible. Remember that victory is possible. I was thinking this week, if I were going to summarize the teaching of this series, how would I do so? And I would do so in five simple statements. If I could only say a minute's worth of material to somebody about spiritual warfare, here's what I would say. Number one, spiritual warfare is real. It's not imaginary. In fact, spiritual warfare is the reality behind most every conflict you and I face every day. Secondly, the battle is intense. The battle is intense. Any lull you're experiencing right now and Satan's attack upon your life is only temporary. It's only time for him to reload and come at you again. The battle is intense. Thirdly, the enemy is determined. He is not going to rest until he takes you out completely. The landscape is strewn with the corpses of Christians who have underestimated the resolve of the enemy. Number four, the stakes are high. Your success or defeat in spiritual warfare will determine not only your life, but your eternity. The stakes are high. Number five, you can win. You don't have to be spiritual roadkill in this battle. You can win. Remember 1 John 4, 4, greater is he, the Holy Spirit, who is in you than he who is in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for all of us to wake up out of our spiritual stupor. It's time to stand firm, and it's time to put on our divine defense. To prepare you for the battle ahead, I'd like to send you a copy of my best-selling book called The Divine Defense. And today is the very last day we'll mention this special time-limited offer. Don't get discouraged. God will ultimately triumph over our enemy. But in the meantime, God has provided you with the spiritual equipment you need to ward off the flaming arrows the devil launches in your direction. And against God's weaponry, our enemy doesn't have a prayer. I can't think of a more timely study right now as we look at so many battles being waged in our country. But at the heart of these battles is a spiritual battle. And this is what my book, The Divine Defense, is all about. As a bonus, I'll also include the brochure I mentioned earlier called Equipped for Battle. You'll appreciate having access to the illustrations that clearly show you each piece of armor God has prepared to protect you. These are critical days for our country and our world, 
and your generous investment in Pathway to Victory is truly making a difference. People are responding in record numbers to this program as they awaken to the realities of spiritual warfare and as they step from the darkness into the glorious light of God's Word. So, thanks for giving, especially right now in the heart of summer when the needs are the greatest. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. Today, when you give a very generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you The Divine Defense. It's Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book on demons and spiritual warfare. If you'd like your copy, call 866-999-2965 or follow the easy steps online at ptv.org. Now, when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you this month's teaching series on CD and DVD. It's also titled, The Divine Defense. Now, this is the very last day we'll be offering these resources, so get in touch right away. To request the Divine Defense CD and DVD set along with the book, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. You could also send your donation by mail. Just write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, inviting you to join us again Tuesday for the start of a new series titled A Place Called Heaven. That's right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives and the Plain of Megiddo. Isn't it time to see these remarkable sights for yourself? Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel and sign up before September 30th to receive an early bird discount. To learn more, go to ptv.org.